What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. Today we're recapping week 14 of the NFL. And as always, like and subscribe and drop a comment, your biggest surprise of the week, or you just want to talk some shit or uh, brag about some bet you hit. We're here to listen. But as always, these are your hosts. I'm Paul Pickle, Wyndham Concha, and I'm joined with... Hey, man, you already know it's that boy, Kev. Water boy, boy, you feel me? And we are talking about real week 14 recap shit. I'm not going to lie to you, Paul. This was an interesting week. Usually every week I come on episode like, oh my gosh, they did it again. But this was one of those weeks I was like, wow, this shit could have went any motherfucking way. Yeah, no, bro. And then on the pick side, Kev went six, six and six, scraped by 500. I went eight and four. I took the dub. He's still ahead of me by five games on the record, 100 wins to his 105. But I'm up on the weeks, seven weeks to his six. Bullshit, man. I wanted to be repping the 100 win club with just straight double zeros. But fuck it's it. good. It's looking the Rams, good. The Rams and the Raiders hold me. The, the Raiders hold me. The the sea the Seahawks hold me. But the, the the fucking Titans. The fucking Titans hold the fuck out my stupid ass. And the, even the Chiefs attempted to hold me, but the way they were letting the boys come back for a second. Cardinals hold me. I got hold a lot. Yeah, there were some bad picks going around this week. The Vikings hold me. Like I really got hold a lot this week. I'm not gonna lie to you. What uh what made it to the Waterboy games of the week? Bro, I got hold so much this week. I don't want to even use that one anymore. But we I made I got one game under my deck, under my deck, under um on deck. So this week we're gonna do it a little different, man. I'm gonna say one game. I'm gonna let you pick it. All right. We gotta talk about the motherfucking thriller in Manila, the motherfucking Cowboys versus the Texans. And the Texans balled this game. Like they looked fucking awesome. Like I'm watching this game and I'm just like, this is what y'all get. Y'all think y'all the boys blowing everybody up until the one win team comes up and makes y'all look a little scared. Like the Texans balled they ass off. They did whatever they can. That goal line interception on Dak. I swore that's where the game was. That's pretty much, to me, if the Texans could have scored that touchdown after that game, it would have been over. I stopped. Good see you later. Yeah, and, and, and all-around effect for Dallas. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hear Parsons' name called once. I didn't hear DeMarcus. I mean, DeMarcus Lawrence made a big stop, but there was no sacks from – it's supposed to be the one of the worst old lines against one the best D-line they like to call themselves. And then on uh, with fucking Dak, I mean – He's just interception prone. Like, I feel like if he would have played all year this year, we might be talking about him leading the league in interceptions up there with Matt Ryan and some boys. Cause I feel like he's always do one and a lot of times do two. Like, he throws them like carelessly almost. Like, and I know they went outside T.Y. Hilton to like an incentive first contract after this game. Maybe they get him a new weapon, but I'm like, I don't think the wide receiver core is the problem. Like, you got C.D. Lamb, you got Gallup. You got fucking um, Dalton Schultz, who's basically like your another wide receiver weapon. The way y'all use him, yeah, like I, I just don't know if that's gonna be the fix to the passing game. Dak was supposed to be the fix, and he doesn't look it. And I just think uh, I, I don't want to scrub off the Texans just because they did have a good ass game with the Eagles earlier this year. Whenever they almost shocked the Eagles on prime time, so I'm like, sometimes they do show up, and maybe they pick and choose when they show up. I think they're just teams that they just don't fear, you feel me? And, like, for some reason, they came in thinking that these te- this Texans team wasn't shit. And it's just the best Texans team played all week, 
all motherfucking um year, and then they have different quarterbacks in there, multiple quarterbacks. Yeah, in they put Jeff Jeff Driscoll in for a little bit. He scored a touchdown. He threw one in. Well, like they scored this, if they could have. They have four plays on the goal line, and they could have scored. And I and I love that they were aggressive on fourth down because I was thinking you could go for the field goal. But if, if Dallas comes back and scores a touchdown, everybody's gonna talk about some. I have down the Texas playing scared, like. So the fact that they stayed, they played aggressive, and they tried to um, try to go all four, and just got stopped four times. Demarcus Lawrence on that big third down was fucking big dog. Like this game was interesting. I mean, there were po- there were points where um, there were parts where it just looked like the the Cowboys fucked this one up. Like the entire game looked like they fucked this up, and then it wasn't until that end and that Zeke and that Zeke run did you really think, oh, they just they Jerry Jones their way out this motherfucker. Cowboys, I feel like they're the same team as last year. The, the the highs are high and the lows are low. But unlike last year, I feel like last year this is a game they lose. So maybe it does. Maybe it might be good for them to have these close games now so they get it out of the way. Because last year I feel like this is a game they lose. And you said on the you said on um the preview that your dad was going to be at this game. How did he enjoy the game? Because this game was fucking crazy. Oh man, he hates Dak. So it was, it was in live. He was talking his shit. I mean, he said he was calm about everything until the fourth quarters when he started losing his shit. But I know throughout the whole game, watching there's like there's no way you go to this game. It's the biggest spread of the year at seventeen, and you you're sitting here at what was it like seventeen twenty? You're losing at halftime, like. You're not calm, cool, collected. I don't give a fuck what he says. Like this was, this was no way in hell should have been this close. Seventeen point spread, and you're losing at halftime. Like you know, all the Cowboys fans were pissed at halftime. Oh yeah, but that was this game, man. I was not gonna lie to y'all. I was watching this game. I was thinking, like, even I know I picked the Cowboys, but I would not be mad if they lost right now. And then if I had to pick a water boy game of the week, it has to be just because I got to tout a little bit. Panthers winning as the underdog on the road against the Seahawks, thirty to twenty-four, and keeping the Panthers' uh, hopes alive. I think they said if they win out, they could potentially make the playoffs because they um, they they can beat the Bucks a second time, have two wins on the Bucks on the year or whatever, and have the same record or some shit it's to squeak their way in. Which would be nuts if they do it with Sam Darnold and the array of quarterbacks they had. That means they'll go um they only have one loss in division. We're not that means they only have one loss in division because we beat them, they beat us, but they beat the Saints already and they beat the Bucks. So if they went out, they they ran through the division. And like Yeah, they they're uh what is what do they say? Their fate's in their hands. That's interesting. But we'll see. We can see. I doubt it, but we'll see. But they did look better. I think Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold's the fact that Sam Darnold's doing decent is um great. But what did you see in this game? It's. I think it's exactly. It's how I. I. Seattle has the second or third worst run defense. They might have the worst after this game, but exactly what I said they'll do. Carolina. What did they do? They run the ball with three different running backs, and they ran the ball forty six times, two hundred and twenty three yards, t- two touchdowns. Like they just ran all over to Seattle. Sam Darnold just makes a couple throws here and there, but it's not like they leaned on him or needed anything from him. It's just he's doing Baker's job a little bit better. Like, that's all he, he could do. Like, oh, we just needed someone to complete some passes, not throwing shit in the dirt. And that's what they get out of him. But Don't it's crazy. JC, JC, two interceptions, I believe, for JC Horn. Yeah, and he low-key had a third one, but it was out of bounds. But it was crazy because I feel like the receivers played well. Like, Tyler Lockett got a nasty touchdown. DK was very dependable this game. Like, 
It's crazy. And though they weren't even the leading receivers. I want to say his name is Marquise. Marquise Goodwin was leader receiver. Yeah, he had like one. He had a, a couple of deep shots. I mean, he's usually the deep threat. So usually, if he gets a couple of catches, there's gonna be some bombs. But nine targets for Tyler Walker for only five receptions. Ten targets to DK for only five receptions. Like, Geno Smith was missing them boys. Do you think? I mean, I, I think Geno. He plays decent, but this is a good defense. Like the, the JC Horn, I think he has one of the, like a top five PFF rating and he doesn't get the same love because like sauce is getting all the cornerback love this year right now. But JC Horn in his second year, he was a lockdown last year before he got injured. And this year he's just doing the shit again. Does it like in the shadows? No one, no one's really talking about it. And I think Carolina has a decent enough defense to maybe go on a run here. If this run game, as long as they don't go up against a team that can stop the run. That's then they built to maybe win, and like the Bucks can't stop the run. Saints defense sometimes shows up, but I think we did. We finally found Panther, the Panthers' uh identity for the year. It's just defense and run game. Yeah, they did that. They could be respected, but I don't like it. No, I'd rather see them make it than Brady. So I'm gonna be rooting for the Panthers. You know what's interesting about this week, man? Motherfucking, it was bye week for me. I didn't even bring that up on the um, show, but it was bye week for me. And I was just sitting there thinking, like, huh. there's no emotional, there's no emotional attachment to this week. And it's so like, there's just a different feeling on your shoulders. Like, well, I'm happy you brought up the Falcons. So before we get into the rest of these games, I'm gonna, um, Desmond Riddler is gonna be the starter for the Falcons now. No more Mariota, but Arthur Smith had a little interview today with the press, and he basically kind of took some shots at Mariota. Because uh, Mar- yeah, Mariota was uh, all of a sudden apparently he had a, some chronological knee disorder that's been with him all season long. Hasn't been an issue. He's been playing no problem. But now that Riddler's been named starter, Mariota saying that he can't play and he can't uh, show up for practice and he has to get his knee checked out and stuff. So Arthur Smith got on the mic and was like, he didn't say his name, but he said, yeah, there's some guys, you know, they have these disorders and now they can't play with us and like. They kind of like he. They kind of just quitting on the team, like the kind of thing. Like it was. That's how a lot of people are taking it. It's just like, sheesh. Like I don't know whose side I'm on, but like if Mariota's not not showing up, it's kind of like, is it because he lost his starting job, or like I don't. It's just it's a little bit. I didn't expect to see Falcons news when I woke up today, but that was exactly what I saw. That's actually funny. I didn't hear about the interview, but I was thinking that when I got the notifications that he um he wasn't he was done for the season, I was like. Was because I was in the gym when I got that news, and I was like, "So was the injury? Was the injury the reason why Ritter started?" And I was thinking, "Like, nah," because I remember they said we was gonna run with Mariota as long as we was in the playoffs. We had a playoff shot. So him, him not us starting Ritter, kind of in my mind was like, "Okay, we're just trying. We're just gonna try out a lot of new things. We're not really thinking about the playoffs." And that's the reason why Mariota no longer had to start the job because you might as well let Ritter play if you're not if you let Ritter get some um, reps in. Because those first team reps are so important. So when I now that I hear this extra this extra part to it, I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense now. So I believe Arthur Smith and the boys. Because Arthur Smith's a great coach. He's not gonna say nothing just to say that shit. And Arthur Smith too, he kind of gave me like a, a Rabel vibes, like Dan Campbell Rabel vibes, and he was coming off. I was like, oh yeah, this just seems like a motherfucker you don't want to piss off. No cap, I wouldn't piss off Arthur Smith. Uh but that was a little Falcon snippet I had. But on to the games. First game on the slate was the Bills beating the Jets 20-12. to 12. And, I mean, 
Bills Connors control the whole game. Jets are trying to claw back in the second half, and they're they're almost there. They almost made it. The defense on both sides were standing tall. I think it was like halfway through the second quarter before the first touchdown was scored by either team. So like defenses were balling, and like Jets, they they're just lacking a QB. That's all I can say about the Jets. Like Mike White looked good for little games, but now against a great defense, he showed that he's not really an NFL starting caliber quarterback, at least for like a playoff team. And he he got he got blew up a couple times. That's the other thing. Put some respect on that boy Mike White now. That boy got fucked up a few times in this game. He had to get taken out, I think, twice. Yeah, like I he's he's a dog, but like Matt Milano was blowing him up. But there was some people thinking like some dirty shots here and there, but I also just think defenses were clean this week. There's a few games where there was big hits, all clean, shoulder, all uh, leading with the shoulder or tackling and like spinning off on the quarterback so you don't put your weight on him. All clean hits, but they were hits. <laughs> so I can't remember who got fucked up in the end zone, but somebody got smashed. Oh man. Oh, it's going to hurt because I'm not going to be able to think about who it is. Somebody got smashed. I want to say it was somebody on the Titans. But um, somebody got smashed in the end zone. And it was like – could- Derrick Henry even took a big shot. Fumbled. That yeah. got blew up by the Jets. Those was like, hey, can he pick it? D-Hall fumbled. Even D-Hall fumbled this week. Yeah, like there was some hits. Like, hey, people are learning how to lead with the shoulder and football and defense again. Kind of exciting again. Oh, yeah. But for this Bills and Jets game, man, I think all this kind of showed is that the Bills – Still my Super Bowl pick. But you see, I don't say that as loud as I did the Packers last year. The Bills haven't been showing that there's some unstoppable force like I expected. They're kind of just like putting wins together because really Dawson Knox's touchdown was kind of what saved it. Like Dawson Knox doesn't score that touchdown. I don't know what happens in this game. And the Jets had multiple opportunities to take the lead. They were just coming up short. They couldn't get drives together. When they did, they couldn't get seven on the board. So it's like if Josh Allen plays the game, he played 147 passing yards on 27 attempts. Like, he didn't throw an interception. That's all you can say that was good for him. But other than that, it's like, we can't be having – they're just looking not as consistent as they were last year. Last year, after their losses early, they were a consistent wrecking force. This year, they don't seem as consistent with it. I forgot. Oh, yeah, we low-key forgot on, on, a, on a side note. We forgot to bring up Damian Pierce literally obliterating that one um safety. Yeah. <laughs> That was one of the meanest runs of the of, of, of the week. Angry runs on but this goes back to those Jets. Yeah, man. Um, last week, last I, the preview, the um, preview, you corrected me when I said that um, Josh, um, Stephon Diggs only had 30, point, 30, 30 something yards against um, Sauce Gardner, which was true, but he ended up having ninety yards altogether in that game. This game, he only had thirty seven yards. The whole team was and looking them, shitty, and most of them came on a thirty two yard run. Out of a 32-yard catch. Sauce was put – there was a couple pass breakups from Sauce, too. Like, he's legit. The boy is le- – the Jets are legit. If, they, if the Jets could draft a fucking elite quarterback in this next draft or come next one after that, the AFC East, as an AFC East member, we just know it's going to get a lot tougher. No cap. But this was actually an interesting game. We'll see because that was a divisional game. We'll see how they um continue to move with them, too. Then we had – we had another divisional game. We both were on the Bengals. Bengals the, the Bengals took care of business at home. I think Joe Burrow gets his first ever win against the Browns, too. I don't think he had beaten him yet, so that was good for him. And, I mean, 
the Bengals, they lost T. Higgins and they lost Tyler Boyd during the game early. And it didn't seem to really affect them too much. Jamar Chase was still cooking. They got Joe Mixon involved. Joe Mixon almost had a 100-yard day. Fucking Trenton Irwin scored a touchdown. My boy Samaje Piran scored a touchdown. Yeah, Piran got involved. And on the other end, I just feel like the Browns, like, Watson still looks rough. Yeah, he had 276 yards on 42 attempts, though. And there was one play, a fourth and one. They bring in Brissett, and they're on, they're near the goal line. Fourth and one, they they sit their $250 million quarterback to bring in Brissett. Everyone's like, okay, QB sneak time. Brissett's the king of those. Nah, let's go for a fucking fourth. He throws like a, he tries to go for an end zone shot to Donald People Jones, incompletion, turnover on downs. But it's just like, if you're going to throw the ball, why the fuck did you sit to Sean Watson, the guy you just paid $250 million for? 250 just for him to watch someone else throw a fourth and one. I mean, the Bengals defense, I think, came through this game. Like, they put Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb only had 14 um, attempts for 34 yards. That's 2.4 yards a carry. Yeah. Like, they, they were holding him. They only had – yeah, his longest run was for 13 yards. So, I think this defense – the Bengals defense is an unsung part of this team because I think during their um, – their playoff run last year, their defense had to step up in a lot of situations, stopping Pat Mahomes on a, in overtime. And, like, this team, this defense is what's going to be what really brings them because this team's on fire right now, and the Ravens are hurt. Somebody who said in the chat that the Ravens, that the Bengals is taking the NFC, the AFC North, and I had to agree. Yeah, Lamar hurt. And the last thing I would say about the Browns, though, is, like, the reason why y'all paid Watson so much was because – Y'all wanted a quarterback where you didn't have to lean on your run game so much. There were no run game to speak of, so the team looked flat-out ass. And 10 points on – I just feel like this is the same team that had for set two, three weeks ago. Like, nothing really is different. I know people are going to say give Watson some time, but I'm holding him to the same stand I'm holding Russell Wilson to right now. Like, you getting paid all that fucking money, motherfucker. You better, you better do something. Yeah, and I think them boys getting paid all that money and being so trash is what's fucking up the brick for Lamar because, like, the Ravens really not paying for that shit now. And Well, I'll talk a little bit more about Lamar's situation. Actually, let's just jump right to that game where Steelers losing at home to Ravens. Tyler Huntley gets hurt. They bring in Anthony Brown. They uh, run the ball majority after that, and they end up getting a win. Trubisky throwing three interceptions with Kenny Pickett gets hurt early in the game. Like, the Ravens' defense showed up. I mean, three interceptions from your backup who only plays, like, half a game almost. It's like, well, you can't expect to win. I know, Deontay, I know the whole team is pissed about this performance. Y'all held the Ravens to two backup quarterbacks, only 16, and this offense gets literally obliterated anytime they get the ball. First off, shout out. Welcome back, J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins balled this game. Not for real, for real. Because he's the one. He was a difference maker. I looked at this game. But it was tragic. When you listen to the, um, the preview, we were on point with this game, but then injuries came in. Like, motherfucking Kenny Pickett getting hurt, what, in the first or second quarter? First quarter, I believe. Oh, he, got, he, got, he got hurt after the first throw. He only yeah, it was like one. first drive. Yeah, first throw. And he got sacked. And then Mitch Trubisky, it's tragic because they could have won this game. There's so many points that you thought, like, yo, we could have won this game, but the quarterback play is terrible. And with uh, the Lamar situation going on, I think it's just going to be hard for any – like, I don't know if the if Ravens are going to pay him that – because he wants, like, 250. 
but he also wants it all guaranteed. That's his big thing. He wants guaranteed money. This is back-to-back years where he's been injured. Last year was a lot longer, but this year now he might miss four weeks. And it like we saw Kyler go down with a season-ending uh, ACL injury on Monday night. Like these mobile quarterbacks that are a little bit thinner in frame typically don't stay healthy that much, and it's hard to want to pay someone that much money guaranteed if now they're showing signs of not being able to play a full season. Okay, and it's not even just about hits because last year he got last year he originally started on missing games because of um health health issues, illnesses left and right. The illnesses, and then Kyler's injury on Monday was a non-contact injury; like he was literally nobody touched him. So like it's just not a safe investment in the sport of football to just get somebody entire guaranteed guaranteed dollars and like the people that did do that the Cardinals the 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 Cardinals Browns Broncos all suffering from it so it's just interesting to see how his um team gonna because he doesn't have a manager he's managed by himself so it's interesting to see how this dynamic's gonna play out because somebody has to pay him the back <laughs> Atlanta might you know what I'm saying so like we'll see. And if the Ravens general manager pulls up all the footage from week four onward of his how they were playing, someone's feelings might get hurt, and they might not want to resign. So it's a very fine line of trying to negotiate with your quarterback with face-to-face. Uh, that's interesting as fuck. Then we get to another divisional game. All divisional games so far in the slate we've talked. We have the Lions at home where they are favorited. Where they beat the 10 and 2 Vikings now 10 and 3, 34 to 23. And honestly, I feel like another game where the Lions were in the driver's seat. And then later in the game, the Vikings started started putting some drives together, kind of coming back. And then the Lions doing a fake punt on their own like 26 yard line or 27 yard line to get the first down and kind of like take more time off the clock and the, the lines are legit the point flat out period the lines are legit we got to respect them this game was because first off Kirk Cousins you would think he had a great game with those 400 yards and Jay Jetta hitting Jay Jettas everywhere they can but the Lions are stopping the ass every time they had a chance Jeff, 425 fly yards and you're thinking that he ate Dalvin Cook got his touchdown, but Burr had 23 yards for 15, on 15 attempts. <laughs> Aiden Hutchinson was a fucking animal. Where are you going? <laughs> he got a touchdown. Cool. But Aiden Hutchinson was an animal. And that Lions defense is probably one of the biggest things nobody's going to talk about. Because first off, oh, it hurts my heart to know that I lost to Charles this week in fantasy. Just because cause I knew I was going to start. Because once I seen the waiver wise and I seen Jared Goff was available, against the Vikings defense, that would have been free money right there. But motherfucking Jared Goff ball too. Just his 330 yards for three touchdowns. And like the first – no, I'm going to say the first touchdown of the game was like a long – Yeah, the Jameson Williams, my pick for best wide receiver in that draft class this year. First catch of his NFL career – touchdown 41 yards he's finally healthy after that injury that kept him sidelined for like the first 12 weeks i mean he would have been a top five pick if it wasn't for injury he still went ninth overall and people knew he wouldn't be able to play for the first like half of the year like that's just insane to think about but but this line seems legit and this vikings team worst pass defense in the nfl still holding strong they're not, they're not, this is not a team that you fear. Even though they're 10 and 2 or 10 and 3, whatever they are, this is not a team that you fear. 
in the first round of the playoffs. And I'll be mad if the Bucks end up making the playoffs and they play the Vikings because then it's like Brady might throw for 400 fucking yards against this defense. And it'll be like, oh, Brady's back for the playoffs type shit. That would be the scenario they're painting. But it's like, no, bro, like this has been a bottom five pass defense all year and has slowly slipped to the worst pass defense. Because I saw Kyle was like, oh, once that defense tightens up, they're going to be going on a run. I was like, this team ain't going to – the defense isn't going to tie up. It's only going worse as the year progresses. Like this – this is just it, their their true colors are showing finally, and it, you can't the same thing from last year. All their 50-50 games came down to field goals, and they're laying up thirty points per game on some crazy shit. Like it's almost the same thing this year. Since the offense has been kind of hiding it because they've been doing the ones doing the last minute scoring. Okay, and they're letting shit go over the top all day. Don't get me wrong, Thielen did have a good game because motherfucking. Thielen and Justin Jefferson had a great game. But motherfucking, that defense let so much shit over the top go. Like, it's crazy to just sit down and think, oh, yeah. If I have a strong-arm quarterback, if I have a Justin Herbert, if I have a Jared Goff, like, I could just really take it over to the top because their safeties are not going to do shit about it. Yeah, and, bro, the fucking Sewell, the left tackle caught a pass from Jared Goff for nine yards, bro. And that sealed the game. For nine fucking yards, <laughs> like it, they, the lines are getting crafty, bro. They they've been honing their skills, and they got all the Rams draft picks, and the Rams are abysmal. Like they really have something brewing right now. It it's kind of scary. Shout out Dan Campbell, man. We've been rocking with dogs since, since he first got hired. He was the truth, man. Making people do push-ups, making all um, doing all um, the motherfucking burpees with the um, players and shit. They but they start they're buying in right now. They definitely is. Next game where we were split, I took the Jags. You took the Titans. Jags won 36-22. And I'm not going to lie, early I thought the Titans were going to – it was like 14-7. Derrick Henry had like 100 yards and like by the end of the first quarter almost. Like it was like looking scary. But then the Jags defense tying up. They fucking uh, got the interception on Tannehill, got some sack, got like four sacks on the game. But Trevor Lawrence, this is back to back. Like I gave him some props last week because he came back from that scary ass injury and still played the game. And then this week, there was a point where he he took the kneel to win the game. And I, I think it was maybe Landry or another D lineman for the Titans pushed up on the center and like pushed him back and bumped into Lawrence. And the old lineman didn't do shit about it. Trevor Lawrence got up in his face and was like, started pushing, like, what's up? What are you going to do? I was like, oh, shit, okay, Lawrence. Okay, Lawrence. Get in that boy's face. Like, okay. He ain't scared of nobody. It's like, that boy got a little dog in him. I, I kind of fuck with it. I kind of fuck with boy now. That's your dog now? That's I kind of hey, feel like Lawrence is going to be the next Kirk Cousins. Like that, like I just feel like he's 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 gonna be a starter, and there'll be some games three sixty eight, three touchdowns, a perfect game, looking like the the first overall pick he is, and then he'll have his lows, and it might be he might have the prime time curse, he might have the like all those curses with him too, and there'll be those lows of lows, but when he's when he's looking good, they they look pretty fucking good. Hey man, I feel like the Titans dog, you gotta lock up. Them boys put goose eggs in the second and third in the second and third quarter and gave up 13 points in both those quarters. Like, you can't just let 26 unanswered points for going into halftime and coming out of halftime. Like, that just doesn't make sense. And I'm upset because the Titans are the better team. I really thought that, like, coming into this game until I see how the Doug Peterson defense can motherfucking 
cold motherfucking how many fucking turnovers did um Ryan Tannehill have one? Tannehill had one. Derrick Henry fumbled twice, and Tannehill fumbled once also. And then they got sacked four times. Like, bro, what the fuck? And like I said, Derrick Henry, you'll see 17 carries, 121. Like, he ate. But like I said, he had 100 yards at halftime. The whole second half, Derrick Henry was non-existent. And they were laying some big hits on Derrick Henry. You never see no shit like that. Okay. And the biggest thing about this game for the Jaguars is that they did this without a running game. Like, Travis Etienne, he's kind of looking real shaky. Jay Hasty. I didn't even know who he was until I checked the waiver wires one day um, from fantasy. But their receivers are throwing in there. Like Evan Ingram, what do you have? The tight end. Evan Ingram, 162, two touchdowns. The boys is reliable. So this Jaguars team, I think they're just going to be playing spoiler a lot this season. For the rest of the season, they're going to find little games to fuck people up in. Are they still in playoff contention? I think they are. Just because the – the tie, I think if like the Titans lose out, and the Jags win out type shit. Though they're in the same situation as like the Panthers and Bucks type scenario. You gotta hope for things shake your way and just keep winning. That's funny as fuck. That's but, like I said, that whole division's so weak right now. It really could be a possibility that the Jags sneak in. Then we have real quick. I'm gonna just a drive by in the blowout block. We got two games. The Eagles beating the Giants, forty-eight to twenty-two, and this was never a game. It was an, it was a beat down from start to finish. Jalen Hurts had Devontae Smith cooking, AJ Brown cooking, Miles Sanders, I think, had like a career day going for like a what do you have? One one forty four and two touchdowns. That everything worked well for them. This team, this was a straight up obliter, obliteration. They showed us that during this game that Jalen Hurts has ten rushing touchdowns. Motherfucking Miles Sanders has ten. Was it Miles Sanders? Is that their starting running back? Yeah. Miles Sanders has 10 rushing touchdowns. And A.J. Brown has 10 receiving touchdowns. That's 30 touchdowns between three players. The fact and the fact that they put their own bench in, they put they take their starters out and start and they kept scoring on this Giants team. How many points did they score in the fourth quarter? 14. Like they kept putting the thing on it. I'm thinking, okay, the game's over at 32. Now the game's over at 38. Now, the game is still keeping on going. And this Giants team looks abysmal, definitely. They start off 7-2, and two, you're 7-5. and five. Now, you should be kind of 7-5 and 1-9. You should be worried. But the thing about it was, where the fuck was Saquon? Again, another game. There's been plenty of games this year where I feel like Saquon's been put into a box. 9 for 28. Tyrod Taylor had more rushing yards than him. Yeah, no, there's games where, like, I know the Eagles have a great defense, but it's like Saquon's supposed to be this – like Derrick Henry s type of back, like a one of one. You've seen that motherfucking his legs. You've seen his hamstring quads, all that stuff. It's like, well, how come there's like uh, a good amount? It's like four or five games this year where he's been held up near like fifty yards. He had a, a great like the Eagle, the Giants. He had the best. Giants started off hot. Shaquan was cooking. Daniel Dines is getting shit working. The ball was cooking up some magic. Everyone loved the story of the Giants, undefeated at a certain point. But right now, I think within their own division like washington started off shaky and washington seems like the better team going closer to the playoffs no doubt and they get to play again yeah and there is a world where all four teams make the playoffs which is even crazier to say then our next game on the blowout block 35 to 7 the 49ers took care of business against the buccaneers it was i locked it up and it was never a doubt 
Big Cock Brock. I mean, I think he deserves the nickname after this week. That man, three touchdowns, ran one in, threw two. And my biggest thing for this game is Debo got hurt. He might be out for a few weeks, so we're going to see if Brock can still do his magic without Debo. But Christian McCaffrey, what a trade to go get that man. Like, he he's 14 carries, 119, a touchdown. And he knows he got another receiving touchdown. But they, they, they're looking like a top three team in the NFC right now, or the best defense in the NFL. I don't think it's even a question. And, uh, oh, my other thing is, Cock, or Big Cock Brock, bro, I think he's the perfect mix because they wanted to get a little rushing QB with Trey Lance. Didn't work out. They wanted to get a pocket passer with Jimmy G. It did pretty well. But I feel like Brock can do a little bit of both. I know he didn't get a lot of rushing yards. He just ran one in. But the, when he played us the week before, he was he was a little mobile. He was able to, like, Tyler Heineke kind of mobile-esque, where he's able to break the pocket and go get those eight- to nine-yard runs. And that's, a, I feel like, in the Shanahan offense, that's all you really need. Imagine, the, just think about the storyline of this game, like, Tom Brady goes home to run into Mr. Irrelevant. And Mr. Irrelevant puts up 185 yards and two touchdowns and busts they ass 35-7. That's insane to think. But, like, that's what really just happened. This is real life. This has been stuff. And wasn't go, Brady the second to last pick? He was a – He was, like, round seven. I mean, he either the second to, round, second to last round pick or the second to last pick. So it would be funny. It's funny if he's the second to last pick because then it will be Mr. Relevant versus – Almost. Yeah. I want to say he got drafted in the um the night. No, he got drafted in the sixth round. He was pick one ninety nine. He got drafted in the sixth, I think. But this game was this defense is the best defense in the league, and they can't you can't say nothing to it. Like D'Amico, Demarco, D'Amico, Ryan's. I want to say his name is has these boys flying everywhere. The fact that um. They got that pick on um. They got that pick on Brady who doesn't even throw interceptions like that in his face. Like they they were on his ass all the game. Never um really let him stay comfortable. Like this defense is legit. And I mean they did it to us last week too. I mean how bad the Bucks have been this year to be held to seven points says a lot. No, nah, this game was crazy, man. This game was crazy because it was just like. The 49ers, if they can just let it Brock, they can just get the quarterback to just just manage the game. That's all you have to do, manage the game and just make the throws when we need them. This team could really be the um, trouble for anybody in the playoffs, including the Eagles, who we just saw put up 48. Yeah, and I think – I still think they're – the big three in the NFC, I think, is just the Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers. I still don't think the Vikings are legitimate. Like, the Cowboys are barely in there, but I just think their defense, when they do show up in the games, they are – they seem like a different caliber. And the offense is still explosive, so. Then we had our other game, 34-28. to 28, The Chiefs beating the Broncos. They didn't cover for my best bets, but that's partially due to – I feel like Patrick Mahomes is just playing with his fucking food. Like, it was 21-0 at one point. Then he throws an interception. They score short field. Throws another one, score again. And I'm just like, now it's 21-14 at fucking halftime. Or 27-14 halftime. What the fuck happened? Right, that shit was 21. And then after William Gay got that athletic-ass motherfucking pick, how the fuck do you bat the motherfucking ball, catch that bitch, and then take it for a pick six? That's pretty insane. Stiff on Russ Wilson while he's doing it. 27, so it's 27-0. And this this... 
I think we got to put respect on the Broncos' defense because the entire game they were giving pressure. They think late later in the game they started getting they started getting more to them, Pat. But Pat in the first half looked awesome. Like in fact, in the beginning it looked awesome. Like there was a there was one there was a touchdown. I want to say it was a touchdown to um can't think of who was a touchdown. No, no, no. That was a nice one though. But it was a touchdown. He literally it was to Juju. The touchdown to Juju. They literally he literally had two people coming at his ass. So he just he just spinned off the sack. And next thing you know, he has two people going on his ass. And all he sees is that Juju, the um, the safeties are slightly coming up and Juju's are slightly moving to the side. And then he literally just throws that bitch up, gets creamed. I mean, hit hit both ways. And then motherfucking throws it up for a touchdown. I'm just thinking like, yo, this is the MVP right here. But at the same time, this is the same guy that threw three interceptions in this game. So it was just like, and Jalen Hurts, he just jumped him for MVP favorites this week. So it's just like, fuck. Like what the fuck is going on? I don't think Kelsey did like phenomenal in this game. I was like, especially after doing the fumble last week, because we thought he was gonna take off go crazy. But his yeah. Broncos defense is not bad. And after um, I don't know what they told Russ in this, what they told Russ on the sideline. But he started hitting Jerry Judy in the end zone. Jerry Judy had what three touchdowns this game? In three of them. And on that second touchdown, I really don't give respect to Russ for that. I really think the defense was kind of playing too, just off the fact that. Jerry Judy was open for a second, and then he just started. He just had more space on the sideline, and then just finally hit him, hit him in the end zone. But like that could have easily turned if two more sec, like maybe a second and a half later, if that safety stayed on him, stayed on him, that turns into a pick. So it was just like this Broncos team just kind of just they they willed their way into it. But I really think both sides of the ball with the Chiefs, they kind of just took their foot off the gas, and it almost turned into a shootout. Yeah, no, I think this is close. Like, the Broncos played their best game. They fell short. But I think the Chiefs played one of the, They put up 34, but this was one of their worst games. Like, Patrick Mahomes never throws three interceptions, let alone, like, consecutive ones. No, nah, it was crazy. I mean, it was still good TV, don't get me wrong. But it was just like, mm. Mm. Like, what are you gonna do? like, what are you going to do against good teams? Because the Broncos are eliminated from playoff contention. So, like, what are you – is this the energy coming when you got to play the Bills who are fucking up too? Well, there's also another stat. Apparently, the uh, longest active win streaks against teams, Patriots have beat the Jets 14 games in a row, where and the Chiefs have beaten the Broncos 14 games in a row. That's actually crazy. 14 games. That's a, we've shuffled through quarterbacks, and that's the generate 14 games. Like the last time y'all won was when Peyton Manning was there for real. That's crazy. Like they probably wasn't even beating um Alex Smith's ass probably yeah, Alex Smith. ass a couple times. Alex Smith was coming through and busted him twice. Like that's crazy. At least with the Jets Patriots, I can understand Tom Brady was the quarterback for a lot of those games. But it, nah, it, it, Jones is the quarterback now, and they still fuck your ass up. Bill just knows y'all number. And then uh, let's get to our primetime games so we get the fuck out of here. We got the Chargers at home where they took care of business and they beat the Dolphins and. I think it's a mix of, like, our defense played great, like, second half. They left 17 in the first, and they only left six in the second half. They're getting to it. Uh, Jaleel, Jalen Phillips was fucking getting sacked. Christian Wilkins was destroying shit down the middle of the line. And we, we had shots here and there. We just couldn't really get it going. I, it's a mix of the – Tua didn't play well, but it's a mix of the Chargers literally took away the middle of the field. 
having multiple people there on those middle of the field throws where that's where Tua has destroyed people through the middle of the field. And I don't know if it's on him because he wasn't looking for a different progression or if it's on Mike McDaniel, because I think like back-to-back weeks, we've all our throws have been almost over 10 yards per throw. Like there's only been like two or three passes for under 10 yards. And it's like, Maybe we got to start going back to some shorter shit. We don't need to keep getting first downs every throw. So I don't know if it's on the game calling and Mike McDaniel feeling himself a little too much here and there, and it's not it's not making consistently good football, or if it's Tua not making the best reads because there was a couple throws where he was just throwing like two people in the middle of the field and he's still trying to fit it into Tyreek or Waddle or something. So I, our offense is definitely taking a step back and I just hope hope hopefully we're not like the Giants and we're like now sitting here like man we started so good and now we're trying to fight for a playoff spot because I mean we're still sitting in the wild card nicely but I, I don't know because if we continue to play like we did these past two weeks I gave him a pass because the 49ers got the best defense but the Chargers should have been cooking I think it comes down to the run game too I think not having that um, established run game can um can really be hurtful and make and um force Tua to do a lot more than he needs to in a lot in a lot of situations. And the with the run game being so bad, with the run defense being so bad on the Chargers, them not having to focus on you guys running and playing in the middle of the field, I think was a big thing. So I don't think every team could do this against y'all, but it is interesting knowing that like if you close up the middle of the field on the Dolphins they might not have nothing to do after that. But I think this team, the Chargers tried to give this up. Like, even that fumble, Tyree taking that fumble all the way up. Right. That was just a, yeah, there was a lot of situations where y'all boys could have took off, could have took off with it. But hearing you break it down like that makes sense. So like, was, yeah. And two, I mean, at halftime, it was like the worst halftime performance by any quarterback on the year. He had like three completions on 14 passes or some shit for like 30 yards. And that's what I was saying. Like, it just was not good football. I know one of them was a completion that ended up in a fumble and Tyree took it to the house so Tua doesn't get those yardage on on the pass or whatever. But still, it's like, we've been playing pretty rough these days. I give you a pass against the 49ers, but not the Chargers. And we got the Bills on deck. So it's like, maybe we've been looking ahead to the Bills rematch too much. And I hope that's the case. That was trying to prep for the Bills, hopefully. Hopefully. I, I also think it might be... I hope I loved McDaniel, and I'm hoping it's not turned into a Brandon Staley situation where we, the fourth downs were working early in the season for the Chargers last year, and everyone loved Brandon Staley. But then this couple times his play calling bites them in the ass, and they don't make the playoffs type shit, and now people hate him. So I'm just hoping I don't. I still love McDaniel, but sometimes we gotta chill out on the play call. I don't know, man. You sound like you sound like he's one sneaky timeout for making y'all miss the playoffs. I hope not. I really, I, I, I hope not, but I fuck with dude the long way. But on to Monday night, where the playoffs picture for the AFC East gets thicker because the Patriots win 27 to 13, and I think they take the wild card spot, uh, and now the Jets are on the outside looking in. And the Cardinals fall to four and nine, one and seven at home. Kyler Murray out for the season with a torn ACL or piece, I think it's ACL, torn ACL, non contact injury, of course. So, Colt McCoy came and tried to do his best, but Patriot defense was second half, didn't let up nothing. And that run game from the Patriots, I mean, that's they just ran all over them, I felt like. But Colt McCoy tried his motherfucking best. I swear. Like on these fourth, on these fourth, fourth downs, he has like Matt Judon in his face. Like 
he did whatever he could. So, like, ah, oh, man, I don't know what's up with this Cardinals team. I'm about to watch the Hard Knocks after this. Like, it's tragic. D-Hop fumbled. Eight, uh, Hollywood Brown missed a couple of missed a couple third down receptions. Like, this team just looks abysmal. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're supposed to do because Cliff Kingsbury might have to go. Like, something's going to have to shake for this team. Yeah, and, I mean, James Conner, he started off well for the uh, – Cardinals' run game was working well. They scored with him, 15 carries, 85 yards. But then I felt like Bill has made second-half adjustments for Colt McCoy's led offense, and it just took away everything the Cardinals could do. And Judon had a game. He got sacked six times. I mean, the whole the whole D line had a fucking game against him. And on the other side, the Patriots are the same fucking. Let's play good defense, get a good field position on special teams, and maybe we'll score some points. And McCorkle did a game like he didn't look great, but this was interesting to me because um, there was a flag that got thrown. There was one play where there was a flag that got thrown. And then you can see McCork just um, talking to the rest, like, what the, nah, bro, it's bullshit, nah, 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 nah. Just running the shit. And then the play ends up being, and then the ref's like, move, motherfucker. Like, he's just like, move, like, we got to do this. And then I think it was on the touchdown, too. And um, and then it ends up being, like, pass interference, Bill declines it. And then, but McCork was arguing with the ref the entire time. And I was just, and I, and I think you just have to have seen that to notice that. But I'm just thinking, like, don't think you can really do that on the Patriots. I don't think that's a thing. Like, this is not the quarterback for them. They did get the win. Congrats for them. But I do not see this as the long term. He, he called the he called um not Joe Judge but Matt Patricia on the game last week. Not this week, but last week the sideline caught him yelling at Patricia, saying I can't remember exactly, but he he said something motherfucker. He called him a motherfucker. He's like the short game sucks. Yeah, so it's just like he has a little. He Bill don't like that shit. That's not the Patriot way. So yeah, it's not. It that's not a good. That's not a good sign. No wrapped up. But we recap the games, Kev. I think it's time to break it down. Hey man, that was week fourteen. Week fourteen was interesting. I don't think it was a crazy spectacular week, but I did think it was a good a good week of football and a lot of shit that you didn't expect to happen happened. And defenses came through this week, hitting shit, motherfucking that Damian Pierce um um running running over that safety was still one of my favorite plays. But hey, yeah, they, got, they got the tackle though, so that's all that matters. <laughs> but hey, man, this has been a Totally Blitz podcast week fourteen recap. If you didn't know, I don't mind telling you again that I'm your boy Kev Waterboy Savoy. I'm in this bitch with Paul Pickle winning concert and. I need you to make sure you stay tuned because we got the re- we got the week fifteen preview coming Thursday night football preview coming soon. We got the two UFC two eighty two recap and boxing went crazy this weekend, man. So make sure you stay tuned, man. And if you didn't know, I don't mind telling you and everybody that you bought everybody you bought a gift for this Christmas that she's a bitch. Got a problem with being problematic. Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic. Don't you step into this box if you're not batting. Then my gang got tools. You can call them boy crap, man. This gang got rules, man. You better watch your passes. This ain't not new. Man, suck it. Let him in. Passing out the medicines. We've been
Riding on that rock star regiment, knowing that I'm heaven sent, higher than I ever been.